dressed as a barbarian war criminal, an undead cultist, a pyromaniac goblin, a hot topic reject, and a bard whose family is very, very cursed, all have in common. Well, that's very simple. They're all our main cast. We are Goblets and Gays, a mostly Pathfinder 2e podcast set in a homebrew world. If Pathfinder isn't your thing, we have all sorts of other awesome games for you to enjoy. Join us every Wednesday for episodes of our main campaign, Blood of Kings, as these chaotic gays attempt to locate some missing royalty. Don't forget to follow us on all social media channels at Goblets and Gays to stay up to date with our amazing projects. And remember to eat your vegetables. Hey, it's Dennis, editor and GM of Control Group. Let's give it up for our ads. And let's throw in one of our own. And I know what you must be thinking. Dennis, I'm already listening to the episode. Aren't I doing enough? And truly you are. But if you wanted to go the extra step, why not follow us on Twitter? At CTRL Group Pod. There we post a lot of information, character portraits, and little promos to the episode so you can get a cute little sneak peek to get you excited before you listen. You can also go ahead and jump onto the Be Gay Roll Dice Discord server. There we have our own little special place where you can come and talk to us about episodes and episode ideas and systems. Do you have a system you want us to test? Go over to our Patreon. We have a special $5 dev tier where... Once you pledge to that, we'll go ahead to take a look at your system, give you a nice little preview, and then somewhere down the line, we're going to go ahead and give your system a try. And if you don't have a system to test, you can also join our Patreon for as low as a dollar. There, you can go ahead and get access to special tests that we put behind a paywall, because they're probably too stupid to go on the main feed. Also, it's tried and true, but smash that like and subscribe button below. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a review. If you're on Spotify, give us five stars or however many you think is appropriate. Anyway, if you have the spoons to do this, go ahead. We really appreciate the support. We want to thank you nevertheless just for listening to our podcast. Enjoy the episode. Oh, you hear a lot of stories about the sailors and their sport. About how every sailor has a girl in every port. But if you add it two and two, you figure out right quick. It's just because the girls all have a lad on every ship. And it's twiddly idy 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 twiddly idy It's oftentimes a man will leave your broken with dismay. And it's twiddly idy 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 twiddly idy there's other things to twiddle when the man is... Yeah, our variables here, there be podcast. Welcome to our review of Thirsty Sword Lesbians by April Kit Walsh and Evil Hat Productions. I was your GM or gay master, Dennis Veray, and with me I have our reviewers and their lesbian pirates. What's Hello, up, I'm Marcus. I'm Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> We've done that the last two episodes. <laughs> Go ahead. What's up, I'm Marcus, and I played Jessica the Beast. That's not the voice she had. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, I'm Kate Cloud, and I played Freya Kierkengard, which also was not her voice. (laughs) What's up? Uh, I'm V, and I played Cecily the Cold Drake. And I'm Kate, and I played Sean of House Lumley, but now Sean of a name that I have forgotten. (laughs) Uh, Sean Niali. Say it again. <laughs> if Niali. Niali. Cameron's name. Oh, Sean definitely took Cameron's name. Like, for oh, sure. Little simp. Of yeah, course. she's devoted. Of course now. she did. I'm super devoted. devoted. Now, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so Sean Denali. And we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a bit because that that's one of my favorite parts of the system. Thirsty Sword Lesbians as a whole. As anyone who's followed our Twitter who knows me, I've been wanting to play this system for like a year and a half. So I am very excited to finally delve into this. And it's everything I've wanted out of a system. It's narrative heavy. It's banter heavy. It's all about the emotional relationships in between people. And I came up with this entire sprawling geopolitical campaign to go against it. But as far as the system goes for Thirsty Sword Lesbians, I honestly could not ask for more. It has all the stats I needed as a GM. (laughs) Marcus is currently showing their physical copy of it (laughs) on camera. Yeah. I mean, as far as everything goes, I I talk a lot about when we do systems, the writ of the book, how it translates very well if a system reads the way that the system portrays itself. This book, this core rule book, reads extremely gay. If you see the illustrations in this book, they're beautiful, they're gay, they're so so good. I... I struggle with reviewing the system without just highly praising it for how well in-depth it is, all of the things it catches, and the things it doesn't miss, focusing on not only combat in its different formats of having extended combat moves, if you get into that, but focusing heavily on emotional support and mm-hmm. figuring each other out and dealing with strings, falling in love. its It just warms my queer little heart. That'll be the end of my first little bit. How do you guys feel about Thirsty Sword Lesbians? I, I fucking loved it. I, it was so fun. Sorry, maybe we need, I don't know. We've, I've cursed on here before, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, we can definitely curse on this podcast. <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah, I really love how everything yields itself so well to like role playing that like it is so like in combat, right? You don't have to necessarily be like fighting. There's a lot of like dynamic moves you can do that are more role-playing and less like mechanical. Let me like, I hit this person and then this person, right? Like because you're giving people conditions, because you're staggering them, not saying that you can't do that, uh, but like hit people and fight. But it was nice playing a player who was pretty weak to not have to fight and die all the time. Just, you know, being able to role play through battles and things like that was really fun. I say, I think that uh, for me, for tabletop games, concise is is queen. Concise is queen. And uh, (laughs) that's really all that matters. It's like that you are, you have as little excess as possible and you're just getting across what you need and this book does that so well it just has mm-hmm. all the classic power by the apocalypse things and and then the basic moves and that's it and then there's a wealth of knowledge here for different settings that you could play too but so i just i just love how this book is designed but mm-hmm. but i think this game is just such a great reflection of power by the apocalypse too and what it can evolve into more i think because this game has a really good example of each playbook that you open is its own game and played totally differently. And that affects your character and that affects how you play the character and how you interact with the story. And I think that's really amazing because not only does it make us all feel really different when we're showing these characters stories, but it makes it 
infinitely more replayable. Like we could do tons more campaigns and this time I'm going to do, you know, spooky witch and see what that feels like. And you're keeping track of totally different stuff. And it's not just, you have different moves. So it's like a different thing happens when you get seven and nine and 10 plus. No, it's now I'm playing. What Kate, what was your playbook? Mine was the, the seeker. seeker to start so, with. So now I'm focused on, Oh, what, what were my old traditions and what am I leaving behind? And what am I changing with my personality? Right. It's like, it's, it's so fun. And for me, it was like, okay, f- since I'm the, the beast, what about my thoughts and actions is slowly turning me into a beast? What, what these two parts of myself, mm. this duality within my lesbian, like as, <laughs> as I move between those two wolves, you know, <laughs> what's the difference and what are the similarities? As many ways as I could describe it. But yeah, it's, it was just so fun. And I just know that we could play this a million more times and it would be totally different from every playbook's perspective. Yeah, that was something I found really cool as like you advanced with XP that you could you got to points where you were like taking play plays from other playbooks. Um, but also like the ability to just like it's very freeing to be like, you know what, I feel like my character is making these decisions and moving in this direction and I'm gonna just change my playbook and like that like there isn't this, there's leveling up, like there's XP, but it is designed in a way that's just, I don't know, a lot more free for people to make these like big, bold, like I'm this, I've changed internally as a person, as a character. I'm going to play this way now. And like, I don't know, that's just a very cool way to like develop character growth, I think. Yeah, it's never felt so cool to me as a GM as watching the character arc of Sean being the Seeker, which is very refined, very traditional kind of character. And Sean honestly started out, like, already out of the Eucadian box, as it was described. So it was very fun for Kate to come up to me towards the end of the season, being like, I think I want to change my playbook completely, uh, depending on what my relationship looks like. And honestly, the whole sequence of Kate's speech into me stripping the playbook and giving her the new one, even though it was rehearsed beforehand, it <laughs> felt so good to be like, all right, we didn't play this to the full of its ability, but let's use that to add to the character's arc and yeah. define what this character is now. Yeah, that's something I thought was really fun role-playing wise. But I also, um, I also wish that I had like played the tradi- the seeker a little more. Like I wish I had started a lot more, like tradition, like really played into that tradition and like that conflict with tradition a lot more. I think that's something that I really struggled with um, throughout the campaign. But it was like really fun to like have this. Like it was just really fun to have these like loose guidelines of like of a character through the Seeker playbook that like, it was just very fun to think of Sean through that lens and try to really maneuver through this world that you built Dennis, like through that lens. And I think just touching upon the queer nature of the system and this storyline, I think it is, you're completely valid to say that Sean 
breaking out of the Eucadian subsets. You know, when you, sometimes when people come out of the closet, they veer far into their sexuality super hard and are more flamboyant, more gay than they often are themselves because they didn't have that opportunity to. So I think of Sean that same way in her traditions is that you immediately broke away from the Eucadian traditions and veered far into like fucking titties out. I'm a lesbian. I don't care. And then slowly through the course of the campaign veered back to your more refined sexuality and find refined focus of it all. So I think it's completely valid the way you played it. Great. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) V, how'd you like the system? It was, I really loved the system in terms of how, like everyone has said before, how loose and fast you can play it. As someone who comes from a, like, only D&D background, um, it was a little bit of an adjustment, um, but it was so fun just to, like, kind of let loose and just focus on the narrative side of things, because that's the thing that I always liked about D&D was the narrative, and then this really let me go wild with it, um, though sometimes I did feel like find myself looking for that structure in the playbooks of um, saying, hey, why can't I use more of my playbook moves and it's more of how can you use these moves creatively to your advantage like sometimes you just have to go real wild with it and try and see what comes up um like there's like the the dream walking we ended up having like a whole episode just centered around that technically playbook move which was really cool but dennis of course already thought that night (laughs) was just like hey can we uh, get conditions cleared and ended up you know helping other people in the meantime um even though we were just flashing back so it i I like that of the playbook moves are both very niche and still open and it might just be me as a player getting used to that i also love the fact that there were conditions in this like actual good conditions not like you're prone or something that that sucks um, frightened and guilty and like angry it just like added so much to the narrative of like you had a stepping stone like a touchstone of okay now i can look at what i've been doing in this scene and move forward in a different way because i now have these conditions so i thought that was cool I think to touch on your first point about moves and playbooks, it is this, it's both sides of the coin, because you have things where, towards the end, V came to me and told me that they took the move that can call upon lightning, thus which set up that whole bit towards the end of it, because I was like, oh, I can kind of plan towards that so that they can use that move, whereas on the other side of the coin, when you open up the veil and release all those ghost soldiers in Peña Volcana. That was a complete fucking surprise to me in the moment. Didn't know you had that move, but it was fucking awesome. So I think, like, playbooks as far as PBTA games allow that kind of gotcha moment, but that also, like, hey, I'm just gonna use fucking oops and see what happens in this current moment. Mm -hmm. And it's that beautiful dichotomy that I really love about PBTA games. I really like being a gotcha player of, like, (laughs) I tricked you. (laughs) Which is not the way that you should do it. Um, It's very fun to just whip out a playbook move and be like, all right, we're going to flip a bitch and see what happens. 
<laughs> Marcus getting a free string on everyone they touch, um, tricking me every single time. I think I would remember it after the ninth episode, but I did not. Nope. Nope, you didn't. <laughs> every time. <laughs> I think that, um, yeah, you know what? I think the problem with this game is that we really, in order to review it fully and test it fully, we're going to have to test out all these um, different settings, and I guess we'll have to do a bunch more campaigns. Yeah, we have and- to play every playbook now. Yeah, That's just the I feel rules. like I just, to yeah, and I think all of us need to play every playbook, right? So oh, yeah. we, yeah. yeah, that, however many campaigns that takes, I think that's what we need. <laughs> As far as the core rule book goes, I will give it that I've never looked through a core rule book because usually when I look through a core rule book, I already have my idea in mind of what I want the season to be. And never have I looked through the core rule book and think like, fuck, I fucked up. I did not plan the right setting for this. And Thirsty Sword Lesbian has so many campaign ideas that I was like, shit, I should have done a Fire Emblem Three Houses campaign or i should have done fucking steampunk lesbians or the one that really interested me which was the one that was essentially based off of queen's gambit it's like chess version of (laughs) thirsty sword lesbians so that core rule book really enticed me in that way but quickly before we move on i want to think of our newest player and how they felt about their system coming fresh off one of their pbta games yeah, yeah, here's the thing. This is literally the third campaign I've ever done. And two of the, yeah. yeah. This is only the second campaign I've ever recorded. Yeah. I, like, a lot of the shit still completely goes over my head. I'm still learning. There's just so much. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, opposed to V, like, they they said they've been doing D&D for years. Like, they know how to fucking play a game. They know how to take advantage of a playbook, how to use all their moves. I'm still learning how to do that. Like, I kind of come into it thinking, I'm just going to do a little improv with some friends and explore, like, a fun character. And that's kind of where I am. Like, I, so it's a lot different um, than than how you guys approach it. But it is cool um, to work with people who have way more experience than me. I feel like it's just going to make me better in the long run. I feel like I've definitely grown a lot since my first campaign. And also, Frey is the best fucking character. <laughs> I was about I've to ever say, played. I was gonna give you kudos <laughs> to the fact, like, yeah, you're saying we're all experienced players, but you still had the best character out of any <laughs> the of us. Like, best. Like, every <laughs> episode, <laughs> just so many laughs. So great. Like, Oh my gosh! I was listening to the the parlay episode recently, and like the f- the fucking corn dogs, like gotta have it. And yeah. like, also, I just loved the way you played. Um, like your relationship with Eve, I thought was just such a wonderful like the arc that you guys had over the season, and then also Freya's own just like personal arc was just like so wonderful to go from this person who's like likes to cook things and hit things and that's about it to someone who's like really like emotionally vulnerable and like cares for this other woman and like is trying to like break through to like get through to her dad like just all of that 
the like culmination was in that last episode was just like so beautiful. And I think like the way you played Freya throughout the campaign, like really set, just like set it up for this beautiful, like kind of blossoming moment that she had in the finale. Yeah. yeah, I had a lot of fun. I kind of always wanted to. I I I always um saw Freya as being like kind of on the asexual, aromantic spectrum, and I realized like <laughs> I came into it thinking like, oh, she's this big fighter. Like she's not a lover. She's definitely a fighter. In the end, Freya like she wasn't a lover or a fighter really. Like she could fight, but she's just kind of a dude. <laughs> And that's that's how it ended up being. Um, I will give credit to Dennis just because, like, we we talked a little bit about how Freya and Eve's relationship would kind of play mm-hmm. out, and they really kind of respected how I felt about Freya and and um, like her connection with Eve. Um, I thought it was kind of important to show different types of love. Not every love has to be something sexual or physical. Um, and it's just, it's just as deep. It's just as passionate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's something that I really enjoyed. Yeah. I um, want to exploring. I want to throw the kudos back. I always love when players challenge me. So when we, we had our talk like halfway through the season, I was kind of like planning how this relationship might go. And like this system builds upon the fact that you are horny. <laughs> and that is like the system's premise is that you are horny. And to have a player being like, I'm sorry, my character is not horny. It it honestly <laughs> threw me for a loop for like an hour. I was steaming about it. I was like, why'd they come on this fucking horny campaign if they didn't want to be horny for me? But then I had the moment to like calm down. And I'm like, all right, no, they're right. There are different types. You can be you can be asexual and still be a woman loves a woman. You can still be a lesbian and be asexual without that relationship. So how do I show this with a character? And I, I thank you for giving me the grace because the roles did not allow allow for you to just like explore that asexuality so i had eve this young woman being like i'm throwing myself at you why aren't you taking me and you being able to explore that with them and like fully show that i love that scene when you guys are rowing the fucking oars and she's like complaining like why don't you love me and you're like i do but it's just in a different way and i need to show you that and her coming to that understanding of that and i really love that because there are different ways to love there are different ways to be mm-hmm. a lesbian. Yeah. Yeah, we got the full we got the full spectrum of lesbian emotion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I liked that it g- it gave me a lot of freedom. I liked I I liked all the moves even though I did not did I didn't not really use not use them. them. I didn't know really how to implement them. I read them hey, and we got we got to have a Hadley cool. on the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I had a great time. So that's kind of all that matters. That's literally, yeah, that was literally the point the first time we played, right? It was like to get people who had different levels of, uh, I guess, I don't know about experience, but like um, interest in different areas of, yeah, in uh, different areas of tabletop and compare how each of them um, have have this new experience with these new games. And Mm -hmm. it's always really cool to see how everyone else plays. And um, I also think that we we talked a lot about how uh kate you talked a lot about like the the growth of these characters and i think this game is really conducive to that Mm -hmm. it's it's 
probably more so conducive to the like dating sim kind of find <laughs> like the will they won't they and the like rom com kind of stuff and finding the re- resolution there at the end of the game. But but I think it's really conducive through the playbooks to character growth as well, and that's amazing. That's really incredible because that's mm-hmm. hard to do. It's hard, yeah, especially in ten episodes. Just a weird conceit of a show. I get it. Um... My character didn't have a lot of flaws. She's basically Captain Marvel. She just, when she gained her memory back, she was like, I'm set. I'm good. Jessica was just, I almost called you Jessica. (laughs) Jessica. Jessica was great. Jessica was great. I love Jessica's zoomies. Yeah. So that was, I just love our, I love our can't, like, I wish that there was like a fandom (laughs) dedicated to this so that I could consume media and and shit like based off of this. Yeah. Because I just love the world so much. We need, yeah, no, we too. need like a high, a high school AU. We need a sci-fi AU. We'll play the oh, same characters every yes. time. Oh my god, the same character. I have to do a French accent universes. for like 50 more episodes? I or cannot. that, that genre's <laughs> version of a French accent. Yeah. yeah. There's French people in space, what do you mean? No, there's not. Okay. Um, <laughs> they didn't make it up there. I didn't say that. <laughs> 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 they would all pass out because never mind. I'm not gonna make a stinky joke. I'm not gonna make a stinky joke. Oh my god. Don't put that um, but yeah, we can transition into talking about the campaign itself. Uh, what did you guys enjoy? Did you enjoy anything? <sighs> all of it. <laughs> I, I love every... my lesbians. Oh yeah. I like never wanted wanted to stop playing. You know, like we stopped. We finished our last episode, and I was like, but no, <laughs> but no, I want this to just be like a forever thing never stop it was so fun and i like absolutely loved everyone's like just playing with everyone it was really really wonderful and dennis sorry thank you for creating such an awesome world too like there's so many parts of the world that i want i still want to go to we didn't even go that far and like yeah you would periodically be like oh yeah i have this whole thing going on like in this other place and we'd be like wait what ah i want to go to there now and do that and like yes yeah so yeah it was complex to where like (laughs) Like, um, Cecily is always keeping track of everything that's going on. And meanwhile, I'm over here flopping around with Zoomies like, okay, there's more, there's the Acadians, there's the, there's three ships. No, there's a whole fleet of the, I could not keep track of everything, but I was like, I'm just here for the ride. So let's do this. It was a lot of stuff. It was cool. Yeah. Very political, very, very complex. I didn't initially realize how, like lore heavy this would be. And I, like a fool, didn't take notes the first two, three episodes, and then, like, and asking you to remind me of what happened, because this is important, and there's a lot of, like, there was just so much happening that uh, I felt a little lost, but then was able to, like, pick back in and be like, okay, here are the reminders, here are the big points, especially what's mm-hmm. going on with France, or Franca, Eucadia, and Espana, yeah. um, <laughs> But we also didn't get even get to Ichiba or Zulu or like any of the other islands or Erin, Italia. There's so much happening, and I'm very excited to like. I don't know. I I just want to see more, and I know we all want to see more. Thirsty yeah. lesbian ninjas. Ninja. Oh god, that'd be so eating fun. ramen. Ninja. Yeah. Yeah. Typically, when I plan a campaign, I plan the story beats out, and I don't so much plan the world. 
and then I quickly go into incarnate and make a world for it. So we have a map. And I, I've been wanting to play this system for so long that I've been thinking about the world for so long. And it's the first time I've sat down and thought about like, okay, what is this world that is mostly ocean and mostly inhabited by women look like? And what are the things? What are, what's going on in this world? And I've had a year and a half to sit down and think with that. And then I came to that campaign with, all of that information. I Matthew Mercer my way through this entire <laughs> fucking thing. And then we got to it and I was like, there's no way this fits inside ten episodes. And it didn't. The last five episodes <laughs> take place all in the same fucking day. Which is wild. Just wild. <laughs> Bananas. Oh my I was gonna make a twenty four joke, but we already <laughs> yeah, made We already made, made it. <laughs> <laughs> Season two. So it was, Season it was fun. two. <laughs> yes. I know. This is our chance to announce we're going to play this randomly. I know it's not the conceit of the podcast, but whenever we have free time, we'll get together. We'll continue this. We'll put it on the Patreon. We'll keep on playing it. Really? Because you guys didn't, didn't even, even make it to that. the Great Divide. Yeah. Great. I know Marcus was not there for that announcement. Marcus is even surprised. That. Cool. <laughs> So it won't be like on our regular schedule, but we will continue on with Pirates of the All Sea until we get across the fucking Great Divide, at least. Yeah, yeah we gotta know what happens. We gotta know if any of our silly plans end up working. Because yeah. we risked so much for these dumb plans. I might play a new character. You know, maybe Jessica needs to go and start um, uh, a, a sea, an ocean commune. With all the, the siren random army siren men. Yeah. Yeah. Very possible. We're going to write Jessica off. To teach them how to be sirens, and then I'll make a new lesbian. We'll see. Who knows? Ooh. And maybe maybe sh- they will become the princess of the sea. For realsies. Yeah. For reals this time. No, Jessica was, though. What do you mean? <laughs> Jessica's the real no, but Jessica <laughs> is already. I, obviously, yeah, you're right. Totally. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the pirate queen. I want to go Ooh. see the pirate queen. Yeah, I did mention the pirate queen. Yeah. But like, can <sighs> we talk about the pirate queen that we did have? Uh, Sal, <laughs> the red devil. Sal, the red devil. They were cool. Like, I know. I know. Our like session zero was finding the exact like person counter to the person that you like are dating and granted I had two um like <laughs> I might have just like hit the ladder and gotten too many good too many good and just that was perfect and I was so excited to have her be the captain and then I was like oh wait we're we're running this game by committee <laughs> Like, yeah, that mm. is um, something I need to remember. I have run a Star Trek game prior to this podcast, and having a captain steals away agency from characters making decisions, and I kind of forgot about that, is that they will? I'll have to push that captain into the back seat so you guys can make decisions. Um, so I do, that is the one thing I look back on this season thinking like, shit, Sal... It's quiet this entire parlay because I want you guys to talk to Moreland and the other generals. So I can't have Sal butt in for shit. So I have to come up with an excuse that she's too stunned seeing Moreland again. Moreland's just that hot. Moreland is super hot. That is, that is canon. Um, 
But it is, and I, I've, I've had many conversations with V about the trajectory of Sal, and I was like, originally Sal was supposed to biff it. That it was the original plan is that when you guys saw Morlin, Morlin was supposed to execute the order against Sal. And while you guys were fighting with Morland, I assumed you guys would take on the two ships instead of the Armada. Fair. You guys were able to talk your way into a parlay, and you guys know I love when you guys talk me into or roll me into situations. <laughs> so the original plan was you guys were supposed to fight against Morlin. Morlin was supposed to meet Cecily. Cecily was probably going to make her way through to Morlin. Morlin's going to be like, I'm so sorry. You guys would find Sal dead. No. Was the original plan. Um, oh. That's, that guys, makes sense. That's talk. a good plot point. Don't you talk and you up. roll. Yeah, Dennis, you can't take away our thruple. No. Uh, yeah, you can't. <laughs> you can't. You cannot. Can't. We're here for hey, that thruple. They are mine. Uh, uh, though, like, I spent so much time trying to, like, figure out how to make a parlay between three people work. <laughs> I was like, I don't know either of their feelings and this is where at least like the the playbook move uh figure out a person came in so handy i was like oh thank god there's like some built-in mechanism for me to read their mind or their emotion and be like okay now i can make some better choices rather than yelling at this person for like six minutes um which was not a smart move but like it worked i we didn't i tell isn't dead so what can i say yeah we know you you guys spent a long time figuring out your three-way parlay, okay? We know. <laughs> and another thing, I added so much geopolitical turmoil that we weren't horny enough for the people who wanted to be horny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... I had too much plot for us just to be sexy. I Yeah, it happens. We got future episodes for the I... horny, though. That's true, that's true. Yeah, I, I thought we were, I guess... Were we not horny enough? Should we have been hornier? No, no, we, we could have been hornier. I think our level of horny was fine. I think the spiciest thing that happened was uh, Cameron and Sean making out in front of a bunch yeah. of other lesbians. Yeah. yeah, that was spicy. That was funny because like we that was kind of the first time that we were like role playing like something physical like that. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't how like graphic or in depth am i supposed to go with this and i was just like i mean it's called thirsty sword lesbians we're supposed yeah. to be horny like okay i'll just like go in on it um <laughs> yeah. yeah which was like kind of, it was i thought that was really fun actually <laughs> i i actually just noticed as well i should note there is a section in the book in the customizing your game section that says what if you're not thirsty <laughs> Yeah. And it describes how to do it without without, you know, sexy or romantic times even it says as well. Mm-hmm. So you check out the book, it tells you what how to play without magic, how to play without swords. So there's mm-hmm. all kinds of what if you're not lesbians? <gasps> Blasphemy, I know, <laughs> but all right, don't play the game. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not a lesbian but you picked up this book, are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, are you sure about that? Play, yeah, playing this game is kind of the equivalent to Googling am I gay quiz. <laughs> yeah, <on> right. <laughs> and then immediately Googling women kissing women right after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Women kissing on YouTube. Yeah. I just loved it. I loved everything it about so it. so good. 
And there's <laughs> so many, like, strings that I want to answer. But we can't, because we might continue, or are continuing. Um, but it's just, like, there, there is so much world building and so many good characters as built into this system that I think, like, anyone playing this game could make this into, like, a years-long campaign. Like, it's not just a one-shot kind of thing. It's a whatever you want to get out of it is what you put in it. And I think this 10-episode series really showcases all of that. Thank you for validating the conceit of the podcast. (laughs) As we... (laughs) We'll get right into it. What are our nonsensical ratings of this system? Thirsty Sword Lesbians. I think I'm going to give this one... 12 zoomies out of 12 because as we know sometimes after you finish the fight you just got 12 zoomies to deal with now like slowly (laughs) you're zooming around you're like okay i got 11 now what do i do it just never ends so that's what it feels like playing this game yeah i think i'm i'm gonna give it a a big old i don't know 15 out of 15 ukadian knife fights um what oh, I'm gonna, yeah. yeah remember that that's a callback <laughs> yeah i do remember that <laughs> good call um, yeah wow um yeah it was amazing <laughs> mm-hmm. me personally i'm giving it 69 parlay corn dogs out of 69 parlay corn dogs Heck oh yes. now you want to be horny <laughs> <laughs> Okay, no, she wants to be horny. <laughs> Freya loves a sex joke, but that doesn't mean that she's horny. Okay, keep sex jokes. <laughs> We're only allowed a girl boss in this. I think I'm gonna give the system uh, five little kisses on your cheek out of five little kisses on your cheek because it's just so cute. So good. It just it warms my heart, and I really loved playing this game. Mine was wholesome, not funny. So sorry. We needed that. That's even better. I'm going to give this system the complete set seven pieces out of seven pieces. Ooh. The pieces of seven. It's a pirate thing. It's a the pirate seven pirate captains all put in one piece of gold. It's a Pirates wow. of the Caribbean reference. Isn't it pieces yeah. of eight? Oh, I'm thinking of like Hey Penny system. <laughs> Fine, I'll give it a jar of dirt out of a jar of dirt. <laughs> What's the more concrete Pirates of the Caribbean reference? Was this more... Danger in this... a bucket. <laughs> one piece out of one. <laughs> out of one piece, hell yeah. Well, thank you for listening to our review of Thirsty Sword Lesbians by April Kit Walsh and Evil Hat Productions. We have been Pirates of the All-Sea. Join our Patreon for as low as a dollar, and you can hear more of this very, very soon. Do it, do it, do it. Go to sleep, variables. 99. Yar! Yar! I'm this far from drowning, this far from sea. You can leave your friends behind. I'm, I'm speeding. Friends don't speed. And if they I speed, am really no friends We on it, we knew. Musical improvisation.
That's why we got to do the Glee system. Actually, you know what I've been trying to do all day? There's a, a thread I watched of the most horrendous performances of Glee, and I've been trying to get through those all day, but I've been busy. If you guys haven't seen that thread, Speeding. I'll post it in the group chat. Yeah. Yes, please. Ah! Thank you. Sorry, sandwiches. <laughs> Speeding B. Yeah, I'm, I said I was being like five minutes ago. I know. My I'm bad. Sorry. I was thinking about Will Schuster. No, no. And in three, <laughs> fair, two, one. I remember the falling and they think of me For our souls in the ocean together will be Be gay! Roll dice! an LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.